the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information about issues that can impact your financial life, whether you're someone who's working and thinking about your future retirement or worried about different things going on or someone in their retirement years. And certainly there isn't any shortage of things that people are worried about when it comes to their financial life. I mean, people are still worried about inflation, possible recession. I heard someone um, earlier this week talk about, oh, now there's talk or or there's been talk about it. It's going to be depression. It's going to be even worse. Mm, Um, The D word? Yeah. um, Market volatility. And really what it comes down to is how that impacts your financial choices or decisions you're making, whether you're picking a retirement date, whether you're making decisions on spending or other financial choices. And there are plenty of opportunities um, that you should be doing, even if you're someone who thinks you're going to be okay and you know you're not going to run out of money. Um, you could actually make it better if you use planning strategies and solutions. And many people can use opportunities this year that can create future tax efficient income or while you're working or in your in retirement. We talk a lot on the show about also, planning can give you clarity, knowing what you can realistically spend. And if you're worried about all of those things, we can model it in. Um, we are financial planners. We're fiduciary planners registered with the state of Ohio, and we have affordable fee options, both hourly and comprehensive retainers. We're not investment advisors. That's not what we do. We do financial modeling and number crunching and provide people with objective unbiased analysis, whether it's pension elections, um, social security, uh, timing of social security, um, when you can afford to retire, a lot of people want to maybe stop doing what they're doing and they don't mind working. So we can model in if you stop working at this specific date, how much would you have to earn over what time frame or how much spending you could realistically do. So we do this modeling and also it ties into even though we don't do investments for your assets, how much risk do you really need to be taking on? And if you can spend all the do all the spending you want to do throughout retirement? And do you know how much risk you really need to take on or what growth rate you need to make that work? And for some people, they're surprised to know they could keep quite a bit more in fix than they are. They don't have to take on the unnecessary risk. So as much as planning can be about saving money, it's about solving problems and giving people clarity and peace of mind. And we've been around Cleveland now 
more than 35 years in the greater Cleveland area, and we're accredited and A-rated members of with the Better Business Bureau. If you want to do due diligence, you can check out our ratings on Angie's List, Google, or um, the Better Business Bureau. And we do offer a free no obligation, no pressure consultation, either by phone or in person. We're scheduling the first half of 2023 for people to look at opportunities. We actually run preliminary analysis to see if we can even help. And if we can't help you, we'll let you know or we'll point you in the right direction. So you can take advantage of a free consultation at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell and Mark Donnelly of the estate planning team this morning. Yes, yeah, so Carrie, I don't know if we have to be whispering about the D word quite yet. No, that was the first time I've heard somebody yeah. say that in a long time. The, 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 we did get inflation data this week. We got retail sales this week. A lot of econ this week. Mixed signals. Somewhat, you know, maybe we're not as far past this deflationary period mm-hmm. quite yet. Right. So we'll kind of go over those. Let's see what else. Um, also, mostly today, I'm, I'm going to do a case review, Carrie. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm calling this case review when your retirement plan tax window is open, right? And, and, yeah. And it gets into this idea that if in certain client circumstances, we know that when they go into retirement, their income their taxable income, let's say, is going to drop off mm-hmm. when the wages drop off. And there may be uh, uh, some years, depending on when they retire, when before they start Social Security or just mentioning Social Security elections, mm-hmm. or if they don't have any pensions, that's not coming as, as retirement income, or when required minimum distributions. And of course, with the SECURE Act two, which passed at the end of last year, now the old age 72, which was not too old from the old, old age, 70 and a half, right? So SECURE Act one raised the RMD from 70 and a half to 72. Mm-hmm. Uh, the SECURE Act two raises the 73 and perhaps 75. You know, for those born um, late a little bit later. So, the idea is there. There could be this window where you are in a very low income, and a couple of things have to happen. You still have to maintain your retirement lifestyle, right? Right. But it's also a lot of times it's an opportunity for you to maybe move some of your funds from tax qualified plans, IRAs, four hundred one ks, what have you, into more tax favorable Roth IRAs. You know, through a Roth IRA conversion process. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so- a huge. Op- opportunity that we see time and time again that's missed. So we'll, we'll kind of talk about that. But before that, also a couple of other things right now. We're looking at the tax calendar. We're in tax season right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things, one of the obscure rules that I don't think, are, it, again, it's not for everybody out there, but if for people who are in this situation, a lot of them have never heard of this rule. I mean, Carol, I, you've heard me talk about it before. It's the trust 65-day rule. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the concept of if you are the beneficiary of a irrevocable trust, maybe it was your parents, maybe it was your uncle, you know, right. so something where somebody has died, they left money to you, but they you didn't get your hands on it outright. Right. It's in an irrevocable trust that has certain distribution options, but they may be more, they're very specific, meaning mm-hmm. you just can't go and get all you want out. Right. Um or it, 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 it could be other situations where a husband and wife had these trusts set up 
the first of the second, the first has died, but the second hasn't died yet. So while the survivor is still living, the the first decedent's money is held up in this irrevocable trust. Right. And eventually it will go out to the the beneficiaries when the spouse dies at the second death, we call that. Um, But in the meantime, that irrevocable trust has to file tax returns. And, you know, individuals file 1040s, trusts and estates file 1041s. And the, the, this kind of, now the, 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 the part that gets into the tax planning is that the trust and estates, the, 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 the entities that file income tax returns under 1041, the tax brackets are much more condensed. Not very favorable? <laughs> not, not in a favorable way. <laughs> so, for example, you know, married filing jointly, in order to get up to the 37% tax rate that's a high income level you would need income over six hundred and ninety three thousand dollars okay however a trust and estate filing a 1041 in order to get to the 37 percent tax bracket you need income of thirteen thousand four fifty pretty easy to do <laughs> especially when you talk about capital gains dividends interest things like mm-hmm. that so there is this relief that's available where you know if in in a year where the trust investments did have a lot of earned income, taxable income, not earned income in terms of wages, but taxable income. All right. And it's going to shoot them way into that, you know, tax bracket. There's an opportunity because most of these irrevocable trusts have a way that the taxable income at the irrevocable trust can be distributed out to the beneficiaries, passed through on a K-1, for example. That would mean that it would the, the taxable income wouldn't be taxed at the trust level. It would be taxed at the individual beneficiaries level. Mm-hmm. Okay, And a lot of times you, that's not what the you want to do, but in certain circumstances, in certain years, you may might want to do that. Mm-hmm. So what the 65-day rule allows is that it gives you 65 days from the end of the year. So you have time to get all the 1099s right. and the capital gains. So you kind of know, and the CPAs can do so some. So the correct in 1099s the that you might perhaps, <laughs> maybe in 65 days. And so the, 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 and then the, and then the CPA working up to 1041 may also be working up to 1040s. They can play some what if games and say, which is it better to have the income tax at the trust level? Or perhaps we should be distributed out to the beneficiaries and have it taxed. Now that's a lot of work. Right. And not, and a lot of times the CPAs don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, but we do have many clients and we bring it up too that yeah, maybe you should be looking at this and they will do it if you ask them to. Right. <laughs> at least they should. Um then they may charge you for doing that, but it Which may is be well, all fairness. It may That's be that. well worth it. Right. If you can, you know, it, it, it you know and and so it, it so technically, you know, any distribution by an estate or trust within the first sixty-five days of the tax year can be treated as having been made on the last day of the preceding ta- you know tax year. So this year, for example, that sixty-five day would fall, I believe, if I'm doing my math calendar right, March sixth, which okay. isn't that far away. No. Because it takes a while to crunch these numbers. But if that if I've lost everyone in the weeds, I apologize. Just you know Just give us a call. Yeah, or we'll or, explain or, it. Or talk to your <laughs> talk to your estate attorney who's or or, or the, the, CPA. The, the CPAs. Um, okay, so we did get mixed signals on the economy, right? So mm-hmm. so we got so let's start with 
Is inflation, has inflation peaked? I know, you know, again, inflation went up like a rocket, Carrie, it's coming down like a feather, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's, that's what everybody's got to get used to. Right. That's what, um, you know, we, so, so let's look at, so what happened? Well, let's start with CPI, okay? The Consumer Price Index. Mm-hmm. So again, we look at headline, we look at year over year, we look at more recent month over month, right? Um, and then, so headline came in at 6.4%. That's year over year. Okay. So year over year headline, 6.4%. Now that's slightly lower than the previous December of 6.5%. Okay. But much lower than June's peak of 9.1%. So again, starting in June of last year, 9.1%. August was, uh, I'm sorry, July was 8.5, August was 8.3, September was 8.2, October was 7.7, November was 7.1, December was 6.5, and January now, New Year, is 6.4. That trend shows that inflation has peaked and it's coming down, not like a feather. Well, maybe just slowly. Right. If you look at month to month, that's maybe more like a feather because although since the peak, maybe if the peak was in June, the month over month for June was 1.3%, right? Right. Um, now it's fluctuating. So then it was um, 0.0% in July, then back up to 0.1% in August, then up to 0.4% in September, then back down to 0.1% in November, 0.1% in December, uh, ticked slightly down to 0. Well, no, ticked back up to 0.5% in, in January. So it's like a feather. Right. It's coming down. It takes it takes a little updraft, right. comes down a little bit. You know, again, a little bit of that. All right. Now, of course, the Federal Reserve is more you know con- concerned with core right. CPI, right? When you exclude food and energy, and and we always talk about the reasons for that because the Federal Reserve admits their monetary policy can really do very little about global oil prices. You mm-hmm. know, there are other things involved and food prices. So. So what did that do? So annual year over year, core came in at 5.5%, better than the previous 5.7%, better than the previous 6.1%. Core actually peaked out in last October when it was about 6.5%. So, uh, you know, again, coming down slowly, um, month over month, same thing, the feather effect. So month over month, it came in at 0.4%. This is core, which was slightly worse than last month's 0.3. So there you go. You know, then, but then we got PPI, you know, PPI, you know, which captures what the, the supply, you know, the, the manufacturers are getting, right? Um, the producer price index. So this is the one say, well, how are the manufacturers doing in their price? In other words, are their prices, are their costs going up? So again, headline came in at, 6.0%, better than the previous year-to-year, 6.2%. Um, monthly, now this is where you have the feather effect. So the month for January, it was up 0.7%, where previously the month of December, it was down, Gary. It was coming down a negative 0.5%. So that was quite a, a swing, a little swing up. And then if you look at core PPI, came in annual Came in at 4.5%, better than the previous 5.5%. Okay, so that's a good sign. But again, on the month, the month, it ticked back up. Came in at 0.5% for the month of January, where the month of December was only up 0.1%. So, 
So with that, and then you also had some people talking about that. So our own Loretta Mester, who's the Cleveland Fed president, okay. you know, you know president, uh, Fed, Fed Reserve president, Cleveland. Um, now, she was saying that, as we all know, the Fed in, in February, they only increased interest 25 basis points. Mm-hmm. They had been previously doing, remember, it was the summer of 75. Last summer, right. they were doing 75. Then they knocked down the 50. Then it was 25. Well, but here we've got the fact that well, maybe inflation isn't cooling off quite right. as quickly as that. Also, there was um, the, the – the, so Loretta Mester came out and said – she would have actually probably, if she's not voting right now in the current, the way they do it, but she would have said, she would have made a case that in February they should have raised the 50 basis points, hmm. not the 25. There's more, you know, she's saying that, you know, there's more pain to come oh. and and get ready for it. Oh, thanks, Loretta. Um, and there's a lot of people saying that. <laughs> right. Not the D word. She's not saying right. the D word, but she's saying, yeah, the federal work is not done. It, it, this, and you you look at other things too. Um, you know, retail sales came in strong. So I, 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 this is what's baffling people. Everyone's saying, well, inflation's so high, inflation's so high, but yet consumers are still spending money, Gary. I mean, they're outpacing inflation. Um, you know, there's their, their, their increase in spending is up more than the, this high inflation right now. Um, so what does, and, and that's what we've been talking about a lot last year is inflation. Has it changed your lifestyle or not? Um, so we'll just have to kind of watch and see what the do is. But I think with these higher, you know, with PPI and CPI creeping up a little bit, I think you're back on that. I don't think the Federal Reserve is going to go uh, to zero basis points. They're not going to pivot right now. I think they're definitely in for two more 25 basis points, one in, in March. Um, and will they make a case that they might go back up to 50 basis points in March? I don't know. They'll, they'll, you know, There's more data to come. Um, and regardless of that, if you're worried about whether you're worried about how bad it's going to get. I think the value of having a model and a plan to see if the worst case happens for some people, it's going to change some of their financial decisions, whether it's spending or retirement dates significantly and other people, it may impact their financial life, but it's more the longevity instead of having X amount of dollars at age 100 or whatever number our clients want, you'll have X amount of numbers, which are still in excess of they're not even close to running out of money. They're just not running out of money a little less. So they're sitting there worried about it and they really don't need to be. And I think that's the value of the type of planning that we offer. And if you want to take advantage, we do offer a free consultation. We're happy to do that by phone or in person. You can call, leave a message. We'll get back to you on Monday. Or if you send an email through the website, you can sign up for the consultations there. And we will reply through email. Call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So, Carrie, so you can say, are you worried about a recession? Because that's where this bad news is leading right. to, right? And at one point, we were saying this is probably the most anticipated recession ever. At one point, I was saying that should probably be your base case scenario for 2023. Then we said, well, maybe not because unemployment staying low, re- you know, consumer spending is still up. 
people aren't jumping off bridges. The stock market got off to a roaring start in, in the first month of the year. Maybe things are, maybe the Federal Reserve can land this, this soft landing, right? Or, you know, or navigate this soft landing. Or maybe at least not a very hard landing. But then others are saying, uh, not maybe the D word, but maybe mm-hmm. certainly, yeah, the pain is still coming. Eventually, the, the, this the, we're going to go into recession. So now, like the big corporations, right? They they have their recession playbook, Carrie. Right? They, you know, they've been through this before. You know, it's just sitting up on the shelf. They know what to do. And they and they, you know, if they think a recession's coming, they're going to pull that playbook off the shelf. You know, and what do they do? They say, okay, what do corporations do if if they're losing confidence in in uh, sales? Right. Cut expenses. And and what's the biggest? What's the quickest Employees biggest way to cut expenses? Stop hiring and lay off. Right. Although with all these job openings still, which are still significant, maybe they'll just put a freeze. Which I've heard some companies have just they have a lot of openings. They may start they with start. a hiring freeze, right? Right. And but there's so many people. But I mean, what does that mean in today's world with with the great resignation when so many people didn't go back to work? Right. Those jobs were never filled. Right. So so, it's, so now they're going to freeze those. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, so, so it, it's, yeah, so, but yeah, th- but they'll dust off their playbook and, mm-hmm. and they'll put in the steps that will make them survive if the recession does happen. Well, do you have a personal financial recession playbook ready to go? All right. So what, so we always talk about three simple things you can do. One is, you know, maintain an adequate cash reserve. Because, you know, it, one of the things we're worried about in recessions is that if you're still working, people lose their jobs right. in recessions. Okay. Maybe you think your job is safe. That's great. Uh, we've had clients over the years that thought their job was safe. And guess what? Yeah, they're not working it, anymore. It wasn't exactly safe. Um, but, you know, I know your job is safe, so you don't have to worry about that. But, you know, just in case, why else would you want a cash reserve? Well, because if you had an unplanned expense. Mm-hmm. Not that our clients ever have those issues. I think that always happens. The unexpected. Um, you and and you say, well, yeah, I've got I've got to come up with this money fast, so I've got to sell my investments. And if the and if your stocks are crashing at the same time in an economic downturn, you don't want to sell low. This is what a cash reserve can do. It gives you the flexibility to say, yeah, I don't need to sell my stocks low. I can use my cash reserve for that unplanned expense. And by the way, if I'm not selling my stock low, at least I'm. Still collecting the dividend that that stock. You know, is since paying. you said cash reserve, and one thing I'm just going to throw in quickly is if you don't have a good cash reserve, we help our clients with strategies on how do we build up that cash reserve. And when you talked about, I don't know what you called it, the wind. I call it the window of opportunity. If you're not working and you're not taking minimum required distribution, and we talk, we'll talk about Roth conversions, but maybe you take some of it. And just put it in your cash reserve to build that up a little bit for your peace of mind. Right. You, and I'm going to talk about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm calling, you know, you're talking about my case review today. Right. I'm calling it the retirement plan tax window is okay. now open. I know. I know. We said, I, we always say a window of, yeah. so yeah, I knew you used a different term. Okay. So the second thing is kind of carry what you're talking about too is how much risk are you, you know, the rebalance periodically. Don't take on more risk than what you need to be okay. Um, so if, if your plan is working, if you ran your plan A and it's working based on a four or five percent rate of return, you don't necessarily need to be a hundred percent in stocks. 
Okay, yeah, you, you know, you can't just be 100% under the mattress either, but the idea is do you rebalance? Now, if you're using a professional investment ma- money manager, they probably are rebalancing for you. You might not even mm-hmm. know they're doing it. But if you're doing the investments yourself or in just a very static like mutual fund, you may not be doing that naturally on your own. Um, and, and perhaps you, you should follow that. And also part of that is identifying, well, by the way, what rate of return do I need to be okay? You know, and that's Carrie, what was your point about saying mm-hmm. let's first start there? Um, and then that helps you determine what investment allocation risk that perhaps you should be taking. And then the third thing is go ahead and build your plan R, R standing for maybe recession or recovery plan. The idea is saying, okay, let's say your plan A is working if everything goes fine, but what if things don't go fine? What Mm -hmm. if we have higher inflation embedded for longer? What happens if we do go into recession and we're not at the market bottom yet? Okay. Are you still going to be okay? You know, so we model that in. That's what you were saying, Carrie. You know, we, we tell the robot, Hey, don't assume, uh, you know, you know, three and a half percent inflation this year. Assume six and assume maybe five for next year. And then maybe four the year after that, then maybe back to three, three and a half percent inflation for an economic downturn. Hey, don't assume a five percent rate of turn this year. You know, in fact, assume a 15 percent loss this year and then maybe assume zero gain next year. And then maybe the year after that, maybe assume two to three percent gain. Then maybe the fourth year, assume we're back to five. You know, the idea of the downturn and the recovery period. So those are things. Now we, we're doing that in the modeling and we're doing that paper saying, okay, now based on that circumstance, based on that plan R, is your plan still lasting to an age 85, 90? Do I hear 100? You know, what's your peace of mind? And then from there, if it is, if, if this, if the economic downturn or whatever the worst case scenario you're building, if it does shorten your life expectancy due to it's too short for your peace of mind, then you go to work and say, okay, I've got to make some changes. Does that mean I got to work longer? Mark, how much longer? Six months longer? A year longer? Does that mean I can, I can still get out of my rat, you know, my, the rat race, you know, my 60 hour work and maybe work part time, a hobby career, you know, where I'm working 20, 30 hours a week? Okay. Could, would that, you know, would that work? How many years would I have to do that? You know, that, or maybe you say, no, I can't work. I'm done with, I cannot go back to work. Okay. How much discretionary spending do I got to cut? Do I have to cut across the board? Do I have to cut just for the next three years? You know, that's, that's, that's what good financial planning puts you in a decision making mode. All right. Um, okay. Or like you said, Carrie, sometimes we run that plan R and you know what? The clients don't have to make any changes. Right. But I think that, okay, and I'm thinking of a case instead of at age 100, their total net worth or even just usable assets that they can tap into is 900,000. It was when it was good. And now we run a worst case scenario and it's 600,000 at age 100. So does that really going to, is that really going to change the decisions you're making now? Maybe not, but at least you're maybe hesitant on doing things or making those decisions or spending or helping out the kids or whatever you want to do because you don't know how that decision today is going to really affect the long-term outcome. I tell you one thing that's up, Carrie. The tooth fairy's charging more. Did you? Did you? Did you? Uh, or, or leaving more? I should okay. say. Okay. 
Did you did you hear that report? No, I did not. <laughs> Inflation, Mark. You know. <laughs> did you did you do the tooth fairy for your kids? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So do you remember what you were leaving under the pillow? I think a couple bucks. Sometimes maybe five if I got like had nobody had ones. Like if we two. Okay. Well, you were ahead I, of the game. Yeah. If I, I mean, if I'm I, I'm, care, I'm remembering uh, quarters. No, I think a dollar or two maybe. And I think yeah, if my husband and I neither had like money I'm in a, our wallet. Wow. I think once we gave him. I think one kid got 10 bucks because we didn't wow. have anything and it was the first tooth and they were little and we had nothing around, like nobody had any and it was late at night and it like right before bed. Wow. But that was like, oh, I think there, I think we put a note like this is an advance. This for, for your next 20 teeth? Yeah. And I, yeah, I think I put and sprinkled some like uh, glitter crap on the note. Wow. <laughs> All right, don't expect us the next year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't start pulling your teeth. Yeah. All right, so no, I so they that, the report. I think it was it was some change, but it was it was five dollars okay. and some change. That's a that's a hefty. I, yeah, I mean, I I never left five dollars under the pillow. Mm-hmm. Um, Mine was a buck or two, but that was maybe a weird lip. Uh, maybe by our last child, it was up to a buck. Okay. Um, all right. So so why do we do case reviews uh, on the radio? Well. One, I think it, it's a good illustration of what we mean when we say, you know, the estate planning team, we're very active planners, right? Mm-hmm. And it's also, we, we try to, we're, we're big promoters of coordinated advisors. You know, if you look at, if you're looking to hire professionals to help you build whatever you want to call it, we used to call it an estate plan, financial plan, retirement plan, pre-retirement plan, whatever. Um, there's possibly five professionals that may help you do that. One could be the attorney who's going to draft your legal documents. Right. right? One could be, as we mentioned, a CPA or, or enroll agent, somebody who's helping right. you know, preparing your tax returns. Another one is the, the investment advisor if you're hiring somebody to manage your investments. A fourth one could be the insurance professional that may be doing long-term care insurance. Health insurance is a big issue going into retirement these days. Um, could be fixed annuities. Uh, you know, could, you know, those types of, of products. And then the fifth one is what we consider ourselves a traditional financial planner, you know, where we're building a financial model. All of these things go into it, but the idea is saying what we're really trying to do is, uh, you said here, crunch the numbers mm-hmm. to show you that, to, to try to say, yeah, you're, you've got to make decisions today, but we feel that too many baby boomers, they're making decisions today with not having any idea of how it affects the longevity of their plan. It's just, I'm worried um, because I don't know, or the uncertainty of it is preventing them from making decisions and you've worked hard and you saved this pile of money to use it and enjoy it and you're not because you don't know. And so so one of the when we talk about being active planners it, it's that it's one of our axioms that says hey whatever you did last year doesn't mean that's what you do this year and it might not mean that's what you do next year. Mm-hmm. Okay and, that, and it's a hard concept for you know if people get in a rut you know and just keep or it's doing- easy. That's the thing. It's easy to be passive and just right. let, just do what I did before. Yeah. It's the easier way. It's not necessarily the most beneficial way. And it's easier for your other professional advisors if they're not if they don't have to change anything. Right. But that's another story. All right. Um, and so so sometimes we say, yeah, not that this, we have all the answers, but at least we know what questions you need to be asking your other advisors. Let's get the activity going. Let's coordinate together, and we think you'll get a better plan. And, and a second thing is, is, you know, plan ahead. 
All right. Okay. And and you know, do you like we just mentioned? Do you have a recession playbook ready to go? Um, have you put the play the the steps that you need to put in place to protect your family if we have an economic downturn? If you get laid off and lose your job, you know those types of things. So a lot of times, Carrie, over the decades, we've gotten the question: Well, you know, Mark, how? What age do I need to start building my retirement plan? And Are you going to say it depends? <laughs> <laughs> it depends when you want to retire or? Yeah. In other words, I think that's kind of the, the result. You know, it, is like, it depends it, on your assets. Well, I mean, it depends you know, on your goals. You know, I don't necessarily say a 25-year-old needs to start building a retirement plan. No. Not even, even a 35-year-old. Okay. A 45? Maybe. Maybe. Perhaps. It depends. 55? Definitely. Okay, I think by then it's a good time to start. Age 65? Uh, yeah, you best begin then if you haven't started. Right, which we have people, you know how many people come in the year they're going to retire or the year before? Right. Plenty. Now, when is it too late? Well, it's I think never too late to plan. <laughs> well, well, spoken like a true financial yeah, planner. Yeah, like never too late. Um, but I think it's well, it, it maybe not too late. But when is up? At least let's turn it around. Maybe you don't put it on an age, right? I like your idea, Carrie. Maybe you right. lean towards it's how many years before retirement, right? Because some people want to retire. We've had people saying, "I want to retire at fifty. I want to retire okay. at." Now, that doesn't mean that if you are 25 years old or 35 years old, that you're not working on a financial plan. It's just that it might not be a retirement plan. Mm -hmm. It may be more about you're just getting started. You're, you, you know, you, you, you maybe we talking about the 50, 30, 20 plan about, you know, how to build, you know, a, a base. Um, it's the idea of, you, you know, are you, do you need, are you having children? Do you need to provide for college educations? Is that coming in your plan? Um, it, maybe you're trying to pay off debt. You know, or get out of debt, you know, things like that. Mortgages, auto loans, student loans, that mm -hmm. type of thing. So I'm not saying that the 25 and 35-year-old, they don't need to do financial planning. Right. I'm just saying it it's might not be retirement planning, right? Um, now, so if you, um, so yeah, but if you can say that if you can start your retirement plan two or three years before you retire, that's kind of assuming that you've done some of the earlier financial planning. In other words, yeah, if, if the, the, the point about if you haven't saved, if you haven't started saving for your retirement and you're 55, you got to get started. Right. Okay. Um, if you are following the 50, 30, 20 plan, meaning that you were, you know, we, when starting at age 25, you took your gross pay and 50% of it you spent on the mandatory living expenses, 30% you limited to discretionary spending, and then the 20% you saved. Right. Okay. You're fine. You know, you, you, you'll be fine. Um, and then, and so, you know, that's the case. But let's go to that too. And that's where I want to pick up this case study. Okay. Um, because in this particular case, the clients came to us, they were about three to four years away from when they thought they were going to retire. Okay. They were thinking around 65-ish. Okay. All right. And okay. And so they had, they had heard us on the radio show and, you know, sometimes we're talking about the tax wrappers and mm -hmm. that's the idea of, you know, as, as you're in nest egg, is it in tax qualified funds? Is it in non-qualified taxable accounts? Is it in 
tax-free, Roth IRAs? Is it in tax-deferred annuity stuff like Guess that? Guess what? It does matter. The, yeah, the tax wrappers. <laughs> okay. Um, we haven't done a show on tax wrappers. No, well. I think we should do that. Okay, put that down, Carrie. You can do that. We'll right. do that. Um, all right. Then, but also, you know, what other things? We've talked on the show about Social Security elections. You know, when, when's the best time? Um, we talked about the RMD rules, required minimum distribution rules. We talked about Roth IRA conversions an awful lot. We talked about the RMD Irma trap, right? You know, in other words, if that's one of the things, if you've got too much money in tax qualified plans and you get into the required minimum distributions, now age 73 for most of the listeners, um, the RMDs may get so large that you end up increasing your taxable income, even if you don't need that all that money for spending. It mm-hmm. required minimum, you still have to take it out. Now, there could be some like qualified charitable distributions that we could do and things like that. But the other point is that, if, that the RMDs get so large that it starts causing your Medicare premiums to go up based on those income-related monthly adjustment amounts or the IRMA thresholds. So we've talked about that. So, the, so this particular couple... Um, they came in to see us and they started and they're saying, yeah, we, we, you know, we're, and they were, they were good shape, Carrie. They were high net worth. Okay. So we started putting together their numbers and they had accumulated, they had about three and a half million in their nest egg. Okay. And it was pretty evenly split about 1.7 or 1.8 in qualified plans. That was a combination of 401ks and IRAs and act, and then about 1.7, 1.8 million in non-qualified funds. They didn't have anything in Roth IRAs at this point. Okay. And they had nothing in tax deferreds. And part of that got their nest egg is they had already received an inheritance. Okay. So they also had some inherited um, IRAs, all right, that they were taking the required minimum from from the inheritance. But but one of the things they were they, they came in and questions in the beginning was yeah Mark we don't have any Roth IRAs we think they're, they we they sound good we don't have any are we are, what are we going to do mm-hmm. and they, they said well okay so now one of the reasons why they don't have Roth IRAs is because number one in their particular case neither one of their four hundred one k plans had a Roth option right. And they were making too much income combined to do a Roth IRA contribution to do their own Roth IRA contributions. So they had just bypassed it. And they were always so they were high income. So they always liked the idea of getting that maximum tax deduction for the traditional 401k contribution. All right. So we said, well, okay, yeah, you, 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 that, I can understand why they don't have any Roth IRAs, but I said, the one thing that may still be available to you is the Roth conversion process, mm-hmm. where you start converting your IRAs to Roth IRAs. Mm-hmm. Now, we certainly don't want them to do that with the, when they're at their full peak earning years. Because that washes out the value of actually doing those savings on doing a Roth conversion, because that's just taxable. Yeah, and you're, and you're, they're in the high tax bracket, but, when you know when they go into retirement, that's when we say, "Well, what does your retirement income picture look like?" Mm, very okay. different, All right? Because in this case, they have no pensions. Okay. In other words, that's another reason why their four hundred one ks are so large 
because there's no defined benefit plan like the right. old traditional pensions. So, but instead, though, they're each of their employers are kicking in doing a company match. Not only the company match, but even like a profit sharing. Okay. So right off the bat, a certain you know, as long as the company meets their financial goals, right. a certain percentage goes into the four hundred one k. Okay. And and a company match, you know, the free money, right? You know, based on what they're contributing. So th- so yeah, so they've got nice four hundred one k's. But there are no pensions. Now, they also, we talked about their Social Security. And so they had, you know, we had, we've got the, the Social Security analyzers who we ran that from. And, and here's a note, too, kind of a sidebar. If you've never had a professional Social Security analyzer, if you've never saw one of those or the results of the mm-hmm. ones, come in and see us. Right. I think we've got the, the, the most sophisticated software program available on the market. Right. I mean, a lot of professionals use it, not just right. us. Um, but all I'm saying is, it, you know, it, it's a it's a world of difference between if you just go on the internet and do some three step thing right. and a professional analyzer, right? Um, and the different what if games you can play mm-hmm. based on longevity assumptions um, and calculating break evens and all that, and 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 when the when the one spouse should start versus the second spouse start, and the spousal, you know, the half spousal, and the and the you know, all those types of things. So, um, anyways, and, and if you come in for a free consultation, we'll run that for you, and 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 that analyzer. And even if you don't become a client of ours, you can take that home with you. Now, the one caveat I have is you got to give us your social security numbers. We're not going to mm-hmm. get those for you. Uh, you have to bring in your right. your benefits, um, and then we can run that analyzer for you. Um, and that's a real eye opener if you've never seen one. All right, so. So after we ran the analysis and talked about it, they said, yeah, it makes sense for us to wait till 70. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so, and, and then now we know in this case, their RMDs won't begin to age 73. Right. Uh, with based on Secure Act 2.0. So how is, so, so you can see how they start seeing how their window may be opening up here, Carrie. Okay. Because when they're retired, there's no wages, no okay. pension, no social security. And no RMDs. So they're in an extremely favorable tax bracket once they stop Are working. they in a no tax bracket? Sounds like Maybe it. not. Maybe depending maybe on But very low tax bracket. I was going to say interest dividends, capital gains. So that means they can't take the Hawaii trip? Mm, no. 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 Because we, you know, now. So so it, it's it, the, the idea is, that, you know, what, what I'm not talking about on the radio, the timing is the building of their financial plan. So this is what we start modeling in. Their planned retirement date, their planned spending, not only mandatory spending, discretionary spending, including the Hawaii trips, mm-hmm. right? And building that out, making conservative, realistic assumptions for inflation, for rates of return on investments, all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's all goes into model and it's showing them, okay, are they, you know, can they retire and, and, and be in the ballpark of, you know, not running out of money before life. So now when we come back to it, so now it, it starts saying, okay, but let's try to look to see is this retirement plan tax window available to them and should they start thinking about doing it right now. So the one thing is if they, if they want to do Roth conversions when they get into this low, perhaps zero tax bracket, they, a couple of things. One is that 
they've got to, you know, they understand that the more Roth conversion they do, the higher their taxes are going to be. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to necessarily shoot themselves in the foot tax-wise. Right. right? Um, but also, they want to, you know, the, the, what they're trying to do, the more, the, they have more room to do the conversion if they don't have to raise any taxable income for their living expenses. Okay. Because without a pension or Social Security, what are they living on, right? Cash reserve. So this is when we get back to why we're saying maybe you want to get started on this type of plan two or three years. Now, they were about three or four years ahead of time. Right. So we had two or three, four years to say, okay, we want to start shifting and we want to start building your cash reserve if we can. Right. So that when the year you're going into retirement, you got a nice cash reserve. Mm-hmm. Okay, so- To you- tap into for whatever you want to spend it. And and now we have an idea of what you what you are planning on spending in right. that first couple of years of retirement, and perhaps there's enough in the cash reserve to cover that. Right. That means you really don't need um you, you know the 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 money out from the IRA. You could convert it to Roth, and then start using the Roth later on tax free. So how do you build up the cash reserve? Well, one, they could cut back on their current 401k contributions and put it into cash, just leave it cash, but that's going to increase their taxes. Right. So they might not want to do that, but that may be one. Another one is if they have any excess cash right now building up, or maybe they might get a windfall. Like I said, this client, they were the benefit of an inheritance, right? And they decided to leave the inheritance in cash, right? You know, in, in anticipation of retiring um, and then having that. But anyway, so they build up the cash pool. And then, and so now, so then you say, well, what are the benefits of doing the Roth conversion? Well, one, of course, um, the, the, if they're converting now, because in, in this client, this is going to be the first year now that they're in retirement, they're going to implement it. They still have the lower tax rates. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the 2017 tax cuts, you know, President Trump, they, the lower rates are on the books through 2025. Mm-hmm. So they're taking advantage of that. Plus, they're going to start building up that tax-free bucket. And that's when you get into, you know, well, isn't Mark, I thought he had to wait five years in order to get the tax-free money out of Roth IRAs. I, oh, that's, where, that's a reason why some people don't want to do it, because what if I need it? What if something happens? Right. Well, the idea is, yeah, there's, there's a concern there, but the five-year rule is for the earnings on the Roth IRA. When you do a Roth conversion, let's say you convert 20000 you pay the taxes on that. That's your basis going to the Roth IRA. So technically, you could access that 20000 anytime. Anytime. As you don't as, have you to know, wait for those five years. you know, over 59 and All right. Um, secondly, the, um, the, the also now they're lowering their future required minimum distributions because mm-hmm. they're converting now what anything they convert now the principle that they're converting won't be subject to required minimum because right. current law on your if it's your Roth IRA there is no required minimum right and also not only the principle but any future growth on the principle is not going to be subject to RMDs right because right? you know um Right. It's also, you know, if they care about it, it, it's it's reducing IRD, you know, the the income tax to the kids. If they if they don't never spend their right. IRA, the kids will pay taxes on it under the news, you know, rule. They have 10 years to get it out. That may cost a lot. A Roth IRA, they still have to get out in 10 years, but it's tax free to them. So it's kind of reducing right. IRD. Now, that, that's a, that's an issue to some people. It's not an issue to other people. You know, what's your plan? Don't ask your neighbor. 
right? And, but another thing is there, maybe they're making some lemonade out of some lemons. You know, so a lot of our clients carry after big market downturns, they implement the Roth conversion because mm-hmm. they're just saying, okay, my stocks are lower now. I'm getting a tax discount. I'm going to move them over because the Roth conversion, your tax on the day of conversion, right? So I'm taking my ABC stock. It's down 15%. I'm going to convert it over to my Roth IRA. I just got a 50% tax discount on it. And now I'm going to hold on to it because I believe it's going to come back. Now, when it comes back, all the regrowth is happening inside a tax-free Roth IRA instead of just a tax-deferred IRA. Right. All right. Now, so you could make a case of saying, yeah, it makes sense. All right. Um, so now we get to this guy. So, so when, so now we, we're working with their CPA now, coordinated advisors, can't stress mm-hmm. that enough. And now what we're doing is we're running projections. We're saying, okay, so the base case scenario is that they don't do any Roth conversion. Okay. Then their taxes are. Now, here's another thing too. This is, a lot of people do their own taxes using one of the robots, a TurboTax. Right. Or now, TurboTax, ta- tax cut, HR, they're great for compliance, for last year's compliance. They're not so good for the current year's projections. Right. When you're running different because possibilities. Because the tax scenarios. rates change in 2023. Right. So if you're using 2022 software to project to 2023, you've got an inherent problem right off the start. Right. All right. Um, so, you know, that's why you got to go to the CPAs, you know, because they their tax software is running 23 numbers, you know, you know, tax rates. So based on that, now this couple, they also they had some other income. All right. Again, because remember, they had one point eight million in non-qualified investments. So that was spinning off about um, between 50 to 60 thousand dollars a year carry in taxable income. OK. Between interest, qualified dividends and capital gains. All right. Some years it's higher, some years lower. Mm-hmm. That, that depends on how much capital gains are in any one year, right? But up until this time, that was always just reinvested. Right. Okay. Well, now that's the change. This is where you coordinate with the investment right. advisors. Hey, look at, I'm looking for cash flow right now because I'm going to be retired. I don't have a pension. I don't have social security right now. I need some cash flow. Right. So this 40, 50, 60,000 a year that I've been reinvesting, I'm still paying taxes on that. Well, now I, 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 I need that cash flow. I want to turn off the reinvestment. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that gives me some, you know, so, you know, now, now here's the thing. Even with that, because most of those dividends are qualified, the $40,000 in capital gains. Well, even with that, Carrie, they're in a zero tax bracket. Okay. Because of the fact that there is a zero long-term capital gain rate. So they're in the best scenario possible, right. zero. Yeah. And so actually, um, now they did have, so he had some final wages. So there's about $15,000 in his final W-2 for the year. We've got the 17000 in in dividends, the 40000 capital gains. And remember I said the inherited IRA, that was they had, had about a, a $750 you know, tax hit. So right now, though, with their, you know, their standard deduction for 2023 is 30700 Okay. All right. So they have $73,000 of AGI, a $30,700 uh, standard deduction. They're a taxable income of $42,000. You know, most of that is qual- is preference. It's, it's qualified dividends and, and long-term capital gains. Okay. Mm-hmm. You've got a zero long-term capital gain rate, you know, for 2023, married filing jointly. You, you, you've got an $89,250 uh, taxable income threshold. Mm-hmm. So the client wasn't aware of that. 
Right. Their CPA didn't give them a heads up about that. Because the CPA is doing compliance. Okay. Um, and they were shy. They're going, they, they were, kind of, you know, you know, so now, so right now they, they, they could have, you know, $60,000 of cash flow tax free. All right. So then they say, okay, well, where do we go from here? So now we start saying, well, let's talk about different Roth conversions. And remember, we've already built up their cash reserve. Right. So the sixty thousand in, in that they're going to be getting in dividends, capital gains is just helping them. That mm-hmm. it's, it's it's making their hit to their cash reserves a little bit less. Right. Because they had always just been reinvesting that, and that's the, and that's the problem. If you reinvest it, and, and let's go a different case. Let's say you reinvested all that all year. Then at the end of the year, the client has a big unplanned expense. Not that that ever happens. Then now, what do they do, Carrie? They say, "Well, I've got to go take my money out of the IRA." Well, now they not only are they going to pay taxes on all the dividends and interest and capital gains. Now they got to pay taxes on the IRA distribution. Mm-hmm. And now they've gone through one of those thresholds. That's never happened before, has mm. it? All right. Um, all right. So we're, so obviously let's look at the no brainer. So, you know, well, Mark, if I'm at zero right now, how much of a Roth conversion can I do and still be zero? That, why would you not at least, worst case scenario, at least max out the zero scenario? Okay. So, Carrie, can you do that math in your head? No. Okay. It's $18,000. So this client can do an $18,000 Roth conversion and still just max out zero tax. Hmm. Okay. But what if they wanted to go higher? What if they wanted to max out that long-term capital gain rate? Okay. Okay, that's $89,000 of taxable income. Now they could do a $46,000 Roth conversion. Mm-hmm. Now their tax is going to be three grand. But? Okay. Um, now if they wanted to go higher, they're still in the 12% tax bracket. Now what if they wanted to max out the 12% tax bracket? Okay, the effective rate, the effective 12%. Okay, now they could do a $100,000 Roth conversion. You think okay. that may help later on? Okay. What if they now this client said something about, well, what about are we going to be trapped from Irma if we just wait for required minimums? So currently, Carrie, the first threshold is for Irma is 194000 of modified adjusted gross income. Okay. So in this case, if they wanted to max that out, um, they could be doing about 115000 Okay. Roth conversion. Now that's going to increase their tax up into the 22% bracket, but they still may want to do that. But in either case, now, you know, and so they're zeroing in and they have those options. So they're zeroing in on the maxing out the 0% long-term capital gains rate. So now they're going to have a $3,000 tax liability. So now we come back and now we don't want to do in taxes. We certainly don't want them paying on the previous year safe harbor. Right. By the way, their turbo taxes, if they're doing that, this is going to tell them to do the previous year safe harbor because the turbo tax doesn't know any better. Correct. Okay. So now we got them on a current year safe harbor. We don't want them doing withholding on the Roth conversion. We're going to do it with quarterly estimates. So now 100% that they're taking out of IRA can go to Roth. Now they've got an effective plan going. And we're going to implement this year. And guess what? Next year, it will be completely different again. And that's a great example of what we do for our clients at the estate planning team. Call for a free consultation or for questions at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.